Welcome to the Restore Church Sermons Podcast. We're so glad you joined us here today. We hope that through this message, you are encouraged, challenged, and strengthened. If you want to know more about Jesus, Restore Church, or have any questions, please head to restorechurch.com.au. So sorry about the audio. Should be fixed now. Dylan's running around like a headless chook trying to get it sorted, but he's done it. He's like, I figured it out, so we've got it going. We're good to go. So uh, thanks for joining us this morning. My name's Jacob. For those of you who don't know me, I'm the Associate Pastor here at Restore Church, and it's great to have you with us. I'm excited to be sharing this morning. Uh, now, we've had a great uh, past few weeks with uh, Adrian speaking on uh, all sorts of different things, but about forgiveness. And he did, he did a few messages, uh, one of them titled The Practice of Freedom which was fantastic, talking about what we do with our freedom. And then he did the series on the practice of forgiveness. And then so today I want to do the practice of practice, um, which I don't know if that actually makes sense, but I think think it's just a fun bit of wordplay. I want to talk about the practice of practice today, and we're going to get into what that means. Um, But I'm just going to pray, and we're going to kick it off. And so you'll be able to hopefully hear this prayer, and it might not be as good as Mark's, but we'll pray anyway. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for what you want to do in us, God. Father, I know that we can be doing this week in and week out and online we can feel a bit disjointed and disconnected, but God, you are here, you are meeting us right now wherever we are. You are real, you are powerful, you are alive and you want to speak to us this morning. So Holy Spirit, we want to slow down and we want to listen to what you're saying. God, we want to be expectant, we want to be ready for you to move, to speak to us, to challenge our hearts this morning no matter where we are. No matter where we're sitting, God, I pray that we wouldn't take this, op- this time for granted, but Father, that we would lean in and be ready for you to speak to us, God. We thank you, Jesus. I pray your blessing over this morning. Have your way. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, I want to start by reading a passage in Matthew 23. So if you're, on the, if you're in the chat room, you can actually kind of swipe across and you can see the notes there. You can look at the passage there. If you're on the church app, you can go to the notes section on the church app, or you can just look it up in your old... 23 verses 1 to 7 and the title of this passage is called Jesus criticizes the religious leaders and so I want to read this out and focus on a couple little bits here today Matthew 23 verse 1 to 7 then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses so practice and obey whatever they tell you but don't follow their example for they don't practice what they preach They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra wide prayer boxes and scripture verses inside. They wear robes with extra long tassels. They love to sit at the head tables at banquets, in the seats of honor in the synagogues. They love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi. They love the glory. So I want to focus on a couple parts of this passage today. Now, a quick reminder, the Pharisees, we often, <coughs> excuse me, we often think of them as the bad guys because they often are kind of the bad guys in the story. Jesus butts heads with these guys a lot. <coughs> but what's interesting is that quite often the Pharisees are exactly like me, us as the church. We are God's chosen people. We are the ones who know the scriptures. We are the ones who, uh, who go to church and who are here to obey and to represent Jesus and who he is and to the world. And so we actually oftentimes can find ourselves in the exact same place as the Pharisees. And so when, when Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees this morning, I want us to think about us in their place, that we can often be 
this in this chapter. So I want to focus on verse 3 just to start with. Well, Jesus says, so practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. They don't practice what they teach. He says, do what they say. What they're saying is actually they're reading scripture, they're teaching you what I, I want, but they're not living the way that I want. So I want you to follow what they say. I want you to follow their instruction, but don't live the way that they're living. <clears throat> and I thought that was interesting because you see, as a church, we can actually listen to a message on a Sunday. We can agree with a message. Oh, look at this. What a man. Pavel and Rusty is a bit of a shout out. It's just water. All right. Um, we can listen to a message on a Sunday. We can agree with a message on a Sunday. We can get in the chat and we can do our praise hands and the amens and all of that stuff, which is great. Do more of that because I need it. I'm a very needy person. We can do all of that. We can actually share a message with someone. We can say, hey, I think you should listen to this. You'll like it. We can even teach a message, which I'm doing right now. We can preach a message. We can do all of those things, but never actually live out a message. We can do all of those things and never actually practice. I remember a few years ago, I've been working in youth ministry quite a long time. And I remember a few years back, I was doing a teaching series or just focusing on trying to get our young people to read the Bible daily, to get a hunger for God's Word, because I know how beneficial it's been in my life. And so I really wanted them to read God's Word daily, day in and day out, have that time with God, that devoted time with God each day. And so I remember focusing on this, and I, and I went in and, and I would check in with the youth kind of each week and just ask them, hey, what have you been reading this week? What have you been listening to? What's God been speaking to you? And I get responses back like, oh, I can't remember right now. Or I read the verse of the day once this week. Or, um, or sometimes I'd get, oh, I just had like a really busy week. And I love it when a 13-year-old tells me they have had a really busy week. Um, and so I would get these kind of responses. And I remember feeling frustrated, like, God, what am I doing? Like, how do I get these young people to have a hunger for your word? So later that week, I remember I was listening to Craig Rochelle's Leadership Podcast, which is a great podcast. And I remember he was talking to someone and they talked about you know, a leader, you can't actually lead someone to a place that you haven't gone yourself. And so that's, that hit me in that moment, like, hang on a second, I don't think I'm actually doing that very well right now myself. I, I'm wanting these young people to be reading their Bible every day, but I'm not doing that right now. I'm wanting these young people to be engaging in God's Word every day, but I'm not doing that right now very well. I want them to have a hunger for God's Word, but I don't really have a hunger in this moment. And so I remember that, that kind of hit me. I had in the past... And I guess in some sense, I was trying to get these people to experience something that I had experienced in the past. But right there in that moment, I actually wasn't experiencing what I was wanting them to experience. And so I really shift. Oh, we got a new mic. I'm getting some thumbs up. Okay. So whatever you did miss, that's probably the best part. <laughs> All right. Um, so I realized that I wasn't doing it, what I was wanting these young people to be doing. And so I realized that in that moment, I had to actually get my heart right. That yes, I was teaching them the right things, but I wasn't living out the things that I wanted them to be taking. And so it's funny, in leadership, I've often noticed that, that things transfer. The unseen things that we do and the way that we live, even though maybe people don't see it, it could be behind the scenes, but those things actually transfer over. And so that happens with my kids, that happens with my friends, that happens with the teams that I lead that those unseen things, which sometimes are things that I don't want them to catch, they will catch those unseen things from me. And so I realized that I had to put into practice what I was preaching. 
And so I had to get a heart for God's Word again. If I was ever going to hope that these young people would have a heart for God's Word like I wanted them to. So when you hear a message that resonates with you, I challenge you to actually stop and take some physical steps to apply it, to actually put it into practice, not just to say that was great and then walk away and leave it because we get so much great teaching here at Restore Church. We get so much teaching day in and day out. You can listen to from all around the world with the most amazing teaching and yet we could still remain unchanged because we don't actually apply it to our lives. We agree with it, but we don't actually put it into practice. You know, the Bible is filled with verses on this very topic. James 1 verse 22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Matthew 7 24 says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Philippians 4 9, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Old Testament, New Testament, you'll see this message repeated again and again and again. Throughout all of the Old Testament, God says to his people, he, he has all these consequences and these things that he is saying, which, which sounds super harsh, but again and again at the end of these chapters, he says, if my people would just listen and obey, they would prosper. They would see peace in their land. They would, everything would work out the way I want it to. You've just got to listen to my word and obey it. It's funny how it's throughout the entire Bible, and I think it must be something that God knows we need to be reminded of. He says it again and again and again and again, because I think so often we, we, it seems so commonplace, it seems so no-da, but actually it's something we forget so often, is actually to put these things into practice. You can have great teaching, you can agree with great teaching, you can preach good teaching, but if you don't put it into practice, it can be useless. Over this past year, we've had uh, some fantastic teaching from a range of people, so I challenge you not to, to waste it. Even if you need to go back and be reminded of what was that thing that I felt like was speaking to me in that moment, if you need to go back and watch something and then start taking some physical steps, how can I put this into my life? Plan your first small step. And I, I want to go on to the, the next part of this chapter, uh, of these passages. In verse 5, Jesus is talking about the Pharisees and he says, everything they do is for show. Everything they do is for show. You see, these Pharisees, they like the attention. They had all the robes, they had the fancy stuff on, they like to sit in places of honor, they like people to call them rabbi. They loved the respect and the glory and the honor, but it was all for show. They weren't actually living out uh, the things that they were supposed to be living out. They weren't actually living out the scriptures. So these Pharisees like the attention, they like to be seen as doing the right thing, they like to be recognized as God's chosen people, but they actually weren't living it out. So it left me thinking, how often do I, do I do things for show? How often do I actually do things just to be seen by people, not because I actually have changed on the inside? Maybe you want to ask yourself the same thing. I think as human beings, we, we want to be seen in a positive light by everyone. We want people to see us and think that we have it all together. We don't want people to see our issues. We don't want people to see how we're really doing. We work very, very, very hard to maintain a great outward appearance, but sometimes we don't work very hard on our inward self. We want the glory, but we don't want to put in the work. Now, a lot of you might not know this, but uh, I'm actually trained in Krav Maga, which is Israeli self-defense. I know that's impressive. 
But uh, it, for those of you who don't know what Krav Maga is, if you watch the Jason Bourne series, basically a lot of what he did comes from the Krav Maga self-defense, the Israeli self-defense forces. And so me and a few guys uh, from, from, our, uh, from our church, the young guys at youth group, me and Joel and, and Jaden and Dylan and Sam and Max, I think a few of us. Um, Ruben, were you there? I don't know if Ruben was there. We all decided, hey, Let's go do some self-defense training. Like We want to be able to whoop some people's butts, right? Like We're sick of getting beat up. We're sick of being the little guys. We're ready to whip some people. So we went and we decided, let's just do this. Let's go check it out. So we, we signed up for some Krav Maga classes, and we, we were so excited. We're like having visions of being Jason Bourne and rescuing people who need rescuing, and someone comes up and trying to pick on me, and I put them on the ground. We were like so excited for this to happen. We go to first week, and we're like, we got away from first week, and we're like kicking each other and punching each other. Like, yeah, this is great. We're gonna, it's going to be awesome. And then we went the next week. And then we went the next week, and then we went the next week. And pretty soon I realized, okay, I just have really sore shins and really sore nuts, and I don't have much to show for it. I probably still couldn't defend myself. In fact, one of the only things I remember from that course is if you attack me with a, with a stick, a big stick, I can defend myself. But if you come at me from the side with that stick, you'll probably hit me. If you come at me and probably just even poke slowly, you'll hit me. <laughs> but if you come straight overhead, I can block it, so you better watch yourself. Don't attack me with that overhead. 12 o'clock, not 1 o'clock. Exactly 12 o'clock, I can defend it. It's pretty impressive. So I learned how to do that, and that's the only thing I can remember. And so we, we learned these things, and I remember after a few weeks of doing this, that was all I had to show. And I remember just being sore, and I'm like, this is a lot of work. And I remember the guys were like, oh, man, this hurts. I'm so sick of getting kicked in the nuts. Basically, Krav Maga is just like any situation, no matter what someone does to you, there's a way you can kick him in the nuts and leave him incapacitated. So I don't know what you do if a woman attacks you. I don't know how to defend myself against a woman, but if it's a guy, punch the passion fruit, you'll be fine. Um, so we learned these kinds of things, but after a while, we realized that it was actually going to take a lot, a lot, a lot of training in order for us to get from that place where it was just head knowledge, where we understood the theory, we understood technically how to defend ourselves, or technically how to fight someone off, but in those moments, you don't have time to sit there and be like, hang on a second, what was that week we did on the stick attack? Okay, yeah. You have to be instinctive. It has to be like just instinct. And so to do that, you have to practice so much. You have to practice every single week, multiple times a day, regularly, in order for it to become something that you actually have as a skill. And so we realized, I realized I didn't want to pay that much money. I didn't want to put that much work into it in order to whoop somebody. It wasn't worth it to me. So I, I gave up. And I don't know about the other guys, but we all kind of just stopped going. And so... Uh, yeah, I still have the t-shirt, which I like wearing because people think I know Krav Maga, but uh, if, it doesn't actually work. So I think so many of us do the exact same thing in, in terms of just in life, right? We, we see uh, the end goal. We see the, the, the place we want to be. We get ideas about who we want to be and what we want to achieve. But when it actually comes into the daily grind, into the day in and day out, that's where we kind of fall short because we don't really want to put the work in. In fact, I think if I asked you, do you want to achieve great things in your life? Do you want to achieve greatness? I think most of us would say, yeah, I do in some sense. If I asked you, what kind of, what, what, what kind of things do you want to achieve in your life? What, what, if you could achieve anything, what, what great things would you achieve? I think almost every one of us would have some kind of a dream, some kind of a big vision, a goal that we would like to achieve if, if possible. But if I actually asked you, okay, what are you doing to try and achieve that goal or that vision or that dream? I think that's where we'd start running out of answers. We'd be like, okay, well, I don't, 
I don't know what I'm actually doing right now to achieve that, right? It's, it's hard. We, we know what we want a little bit. What are we actually doing right now to achieve those things? I think if we were honest with ourselves, I know for me, I would probably actually rather, I wouldn't say this out loud, but I would probably rather appear to be successful than to actually be successful. I think I would actually appear to be highly skilled or highly intelligent or, or highly generous or whatever rather than actually be those things. Because to be highly skilled takes a lot of practice, a lot of training. To be highly in- intelligent requires a lot of study, a lot of research, a lot of work. To be highly generous requires a lot of sacrifice. And so I, would, I want people to think that I'm those things, but when it actually comes down to it day in and day out, I don't know if I actually want to put the work in to be those things. It's so much easier to pretend to be great than to actually be great. It's, it's easier to project what we want to be, to, to project greatness and to put on a face than it is to actually lead a life that, that leads to greatness. See, the part about practicing what we preach, the part that we struggle with in that is the practice part. <laughs> we, 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 practice is not fun. Practice is, is often boring. Practice is... Uh, sometimes means just very slow progress. Practice is unseen. In, in the practicing, there is no glory. There's no one kind of cheering you on. In fact, if, you, if we, we see Olympians and we see great musicians and we see great performers and we, we see them on stage, we see them at, at the Olympics getting cheered on and we think, man, that's awesome. But that's, that's like the, the, the 1% of what they've been doing for the whole four years of training or whatever. Like during those, those day in and day out things, there's no applause. There's no one there to see their progress. That's on them to decide, I'm going to do this day in and day out. I'm going to give up a lot of things in order to achieve this incredible goal. And finally, they get to the end where they, they get to be in the spotlight and they receive the glory. But I think so often we don't want to do things if there's no glory attached to it. I don't want to practice every day on something if there's no one to cheer me on and be like, yeah, man, that's awesome. I love the practice you did today. Like, those things are actually on me to decide. I'm going to do this regardless of if I get any glory from it or not. In 1 Timothy 4, this is Paul uh, writing to Timothy in, in the New Testament. And Paul's writing to Timothy, who's a young guy. He's kind of training up. And he says to Timothy, Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. And this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle, for our hope is in the living God, who is a saviour of all people, and particularly of all believers. Do you know that we actually train to be godly? It doesn't just automatically happen. You could give your life to Jesus and you don't automatically become more like Jesus. You can decide to start following him, and it doesn't mean your life will just improve by itself. You can be in church for years and years and years and not become more Christ-like, not become more like Jesus. There comes a point where we actually have to decide, this actually takes training. This actually takes some effort. This takes some hard work, as Paul says right here, some hard work and a struggle to train to be godly. At some point, we need to practice. At some point, we need to take physical steps to see a physical change in our lives. 
So what does your training routine look like for you? How often do we, we default into these, these patterns and behaviors? How often do we, do we fight to create new patterns and behaviors? It's so easy just to settle for what's easy. It's, it's, it's in our nature to take the next easiest step. If you don't make a conscious decision, you will naturally take the next easy step. But so often, the next best step is not the easiest one. The next best step is often the hard one. And so if we just go by our default, if we just settle for what we naturally do, we will always default to easy, and that will never lead to a life of greatness or impact or incredible uh, influence or to see a world transformed or to see God move in incredible ways. If we always just choose what's easy, we will default to the lowest common denominator. What would it look like for you to begin a daily training routine? What would it look like for you to learn to actually enjoy the process, to enjoy the practice? That's what I'm trying to learn right now is like not to just be so focused on the end goal and be like, I'm going to enjoy life when I get here, but to actually be like, okay, right now, what is God doing in me right now while I'm training, while I'm practicing? What are the little wins that I'm seeing day in and day out? What are the things that I can celebrate? What is God teaching me today? How can I enjoy the process? How can I enjoy the practice? instead of just always being so consumed with where I want to be or where I want to end up. I know for me, I often feel so overwhelmed by, by what I want to achieve, by this, this picture of who I want to be and what I want to see happen. I can be overwhelmed by that because it just seems too big that I actually am just led to inactivity because I don't know where to begin. It just seems like a lot. It's like when you're at the beginning of semester, you get all your assignments and exams in that one week and you just look at it like, Flip, how am I ever going to finish all of this stuff? And, and I remember always feeling like, that, like so overwhelmed in the first two weeks of uni because every class you go to, they're like, all right, by the end of this class, you're going to need to achieve this and this and this. And, and everyone's telling you that. You're like, oh gosh, it's going to be a lot. And, but it's, it's funny, as you go through the semester and you just keep doing a little bit after a little bit after a little bit, you get through it and you look back on the end of the semester and like, man, I actually kicked off a lot. But so often I can be so overwhelmed at the very beginning that I just don't do anything because I'm freaked out like it's too much, I can't do it. So what does it look like for you to start achieving something, to start taking small steps today to achieve what you want to see happen, to achieve the purpose God has for your life, to live a life of greatness, to, to see God move in incredible ways? What does it look like for you to take a step today? A hard step, maybe boring practice routines, but a step in the right direction. For me personally, I remember uh, reading my Bible daily and, and things like that. I remember for me, for a long time, when I was younger, it was very religious for me. I would do it every day, not because I actually wanted to, but because, or because I love God, but because I was scared of going to hell, because I was scared of God's anger, because I was scared that if I didn't do these things, God would be upset with me or God you know, wouldn't accept me or I'd get to heaven and God said, you just didn't do enough. And I remember for a long time I would do those things, but they weren't life-giving because I was doing them out of religious reasons. Because I was doing them because I thought these things were going to be like a tick box to get me God's good book. And so for a long time I, I would have these boring routines, but they were purposeless. They were lifeless. It was actually meaningless. And I'm sure that I learned a few things just in reading the scriptures daily, but, but I know that after I actually kind of broke out of that religious spirit that I had, I know that I, I learned about God's freedom of, 
and, and, and how he moves us into grace and into love and into his acceptance. And so then I kind of like went from this end of the spectrum of being super religious to like this end of the spectrum where I was just like, well, I don't have to do anything. So I just didn't do anything. And so I got to the other end where I'm like, well, God loves me. So now I'm just going to chill. And I probably didn't intentionally do that, but that's just what happened. And so now I was like, I don't want to do these things daily because it can be religious. But if, if anything, I actually created worse habits for my life because I wasn't doing anything. And so I hope that now I've kind of swung back to the middle where I do these things regularly because I see them as training. I see them as something that's of value. I do these things not because I have to, but because I want to. I want to see God move powerfully in my life. I want to be a better person. I want God to transform me from the inside out. And I know that if I, if I do these things diligently and I, and I meet with God on the days where I don't feel like it, if I read my Bible on the days where I feel like I don't have time, if I commit to doing these things, I'm going to see life come out of them because I know that I have a greater wish for my life. I don't just do what I feel in that moment, but there's a greater drive inside of me that, that I want to see God move in incredible ways in my life. And so I'm doing it out of those things. And so I think, what, what is it for you? What would it take for you to get to a place where you're training, not because you're religious over here, not, because, not, not, not training because you don't have to, but to get to a place where you want to. I, I decided I want to train myself to be like Jesus. I want to step into training every day, regardless of how I feel, not to be led by what I feel, but to, to do it with purpose and intention. And I'm going to commit to doing this because it's good for my life. I'm going to commit to reading my Bible every day because I know that I need to get God's Word into my mind because there is so much other stuff going into my mind every day, whether I want it to or not. I need to get God's truth into my mind every day. What does it look like for me to actually spend time with God every day? Not just on the days where I have time, but on the every day where I make time. For me, spending time with God isn't just about praying and ticking off a prayer list. For me, spending time with God is like getting to that place where I know that I've, I've had a connection, where I've connected with God. So that could look like praying. That could look like going for a walk. That could look like just sitting uh, with a cup of coffee and just being still in His presence until I know, God, you're here. Okay. And I get to that place where I'm, I've connected with God and I can move into my day with Him. What does it look like for you to commit to coming to church Every single week, not because you have to, but because it's good for you. Because it's good to get around other people who will inspire you to be more like Jesus, to get around people who will encourage you and challenge you and will support you and encourage you and, and, and help us all grow together to be more like Jesus. What are those, what's that training routine for you? What are those things you're going to commit yourself to because you want to, because you want to see, live a life of purpose? Paul says that training for physical things is good. It's good to go for a run. It's good to get your body in shape. It's good to eat healthy. But training for godliness is even better because it will, lead, it will help you in this life and in the life to come. So we've just finished a great little series on forgiveness with Adrian. And it can be so easy to agree with it, but it can be very difficult to actually forgive somebody. What, what kind of steps can you take today or this week to actually start forgiveness, start that journey of forgiveness. As Adrian talked about, it's not always instant. It's not something you could just let go of straight away, but what can you do? What step can you take to begin forgiving that person? Not because they deserve it, because it's actually going to set you free. Maybe it's something earlier in this year. Maybe there's a, a message or something that we did in the five for five where we had those people speak just 
awesome little truth bombs in five minutes. Maybe it's something you've heard in a podcast. Maybe you've been reading your Bible this week and, and something stood out to you. What can you do to actually put that into practice in your life today, this week? Not just to skip over it or tweet it. I don't know it tweets anymore. To Insta-story it, you know, but to actually put it into practice. So today we're going we're gonna to step into communion. We're going to take communion right now. And I encourage you, I know it's so easy to online, I've done it myself, to take invisible communion because you can't be bothered going and getting some. Guilty. But to actually go and get some communion, get a, some water or a cracker, just grab something from the kitchen, eat a banana and a glass of milk, I don't care what you get. Have some communion this morning and just to connect with Jesus. Just to spend a little bit of time connecting with Jesus. If you need to, to pause the live stream, do it. Because spending time with Jesus is so much more important. Whatever, what is it going to take for you this morning to actually join us in communion, to remember Jesus and what he's done for us, that he loves us, that he came to this earth that we could have a life and, and have life abundantly? What would it look like for you to, to do that this morning, to make some time for Jesus, to speak to you afresh? He wants to meet with you. He loves you so much. He's crazy about you. He wants to, to help you in training. He's like the best coach you'll ever have. Jesus is great because he gets alongside you. He runs with you. He spurs you on. He encourages you. He wants to do this thing with you. So let's be training together as a church. Let's be encouraging one another, spurring each other on. And this morning as we take communion together as a body, let's, let's lean in and let's seek that connection with Jesus. That we'd remember he is here. He is with us. He is speaking to us, and we'd meet with him afresh. Bless you, church. Have a fantastic week. I look forward to seeing all that you're going to do and accomplish in his name. We'll uh, see you after this.